Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for March 17th, 2021. It's the birthday of legendary film composer Alfred Newman. Born on this day in 1901, New Haven, Connecticut. Newman was born to poor Russian-Jewish immigrants. His father was a produce salesman, and his mother took care of the family. Her father had been a cantor in Russia, which contributed to her love of music. She sent Newman, her firstborn, to a local piano teacher to begin lessons when he was five years old, sometimes making the 10-mile round trip on foot. With barely enough to live on, his poor immigrant parents once had to sell their dog to make ends meet. By the age of eight, he had become known locally as a piano prodigy, and by 13, attracted the attention of author Ella Wheeler Wilcox, who wanted to promote him to those who could further his music ambition. She greatly admired his ability to play Mendelssohn, Chopin, Liszt, and other composers with equal skills, in her opinion, as piano virtuoso Paderewski. She said this about Newman. He is a beautiful-looking boy, modest, gentle, unassuming, and wholly unspoiled. I'm not interested in him merely because he renders the great masters marvelously and even composes wonderfully, but rather because he has such a rare and interesting nature. His father is a poor Russian fruit dealer, and Alfred is the oldest of eight children. The mother is a very beautiful woman, and both parents show good blood and breeding, despite their humble position and lack of means. The family has made every possible sacrifice in order to educate this boy in music, and he has a most deep-seated sense of noblesse oblige. His whole desire for success seems based upon his anxiety to make his parents happy and to repay them for what they have done for him. At the age of 19, Newman began conducting full-time in New York City and launched a 10-year career on Broadway as the conductor of musicals by composers such as George Gershwin, Richard Rogers, and Jerome Kern. In 1930, Irving Berlin invited Newman to Hollywood to conduct his score, Reaching for the Moon, and a falling out between Berlin and the film's director led to Newman's first credit as music director. Soon after his Hollywood debut, Samuel Goldwyn offered Newman a contract to continue on as a studio composer. In 1931, Charlie Chaplin hired him to orchestrate his film, City Lights, and used Newman again for Modern Times in 1936. Chaplin had written over 100 cues for the film and gave Newman the opportunity to show his ability to carefully synchronize the music to scenes, such as the famous factory sequence, where Chaplin throws the place into confusion. The entire score was recorded with a 65-piece orchestra, live to sync in five days. Newman became Goldwyn's favorite composer, and he went on to receive his first Academy Award for Alexander's Ragtime Band in 1938. Newman was among the first musicians to compose and conduct original music during Hollywood's golden age of movies, and his scores were developed around the overall mood of each film, 
often including character-assigned leitmotifs, which was another Newman first in film, a technique he first employed in his score for the 1939 film Wuthering Heights. In 1940, Newman began a 20-year career as music director with 20th Century Fox Studios, composing over 200 film scores, nine of which won Academy Awards. Newman was also responsible for developing what came to be known as the Newman System, a means of synchronizing the performance and recording of a musical score with the film, a system which is still in use today. Newman also composed the familiar fanfare, which accompanies the studio logo at the beginning of every 20th Century Fox production, which still introduces Fox Pictures today. In a career spanning over four decades, Alfred Newman scored over 200 motion pictures, winning nine Academy Awards, the third highest number of Oscars ever won by an individual, and garnered 45 nominations making him the most nominated composer in Oscar history until 2011, when John Williams finally broke his record. Newman was the patriarch of a family of major Hollywood film composers. His brother Lionel scored three dozen films and several TV series, conducted scores for hundreds of other films, and eventually succeeded Alfred as 20th Century Fox's music director. His brother, Emil Newman served as music director for over 80 films. His son, David Newman, has scored nearly 100 films and received an Oscar nomination for Fox's animated feature, Anastasia. His son, Thomas Newman, has scored over 75 films and has received 13 Oscar nominations. His nephew, Randy Newman, is, well, Randy Newman, who needs no introduction at all. A generous colleague, Alfred Newman often contributed to the scores of others without credit, and was often approached by studio production heads needing advice, which he freely gave. During his years as a music director, it sometimes went further. If one of his composers was stumped for a suitable melody, for instance, Newman would sometimes write a few bars on paper and hand it to the composer with a smile. It seems, by all accounts, Newman was a man of decency and integrity. I'll close with this lovely quote from film producer Nick Redman. The legacy of Alfred Newman and his influence on the language of music for the cinema is practically unmatched by anyone in Hollywood history. As an executive, he was hard but fair. As a mentor to his staff, he was revered. The orchestras under his baton delighted in his abilities as a conductor. The music he himself composed, often under extreme emotional duress, is among the most gorgeous ever written. Not big in physical stature, he was a giant in character, a titan in the world he loved and dominated. He was a true musical force, and one that cannot in any sense be replaced. A lifelong smoker, Alfred Newman died from complications of emphysema in his Hollywood home in 1970, just one month shy of his 69th birthday. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.